Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Carey. And I'm Dave Cohen. And this is episode 151 uh, of, uh, of the series. Five years ago, over five. We've not really done a five-year celebration, have we, Dave? Well, that's kind of where we are, really, isn't it? So this is it. Yeah, five years ago. Where, where, um, where, where was comedy five years ago? It was, it was another world, really, wasn't it? And uh, Yeah, maybe pre-Brexit, we... pre-Trump. <laughs> we're, here we are reflecting on the last five years. But we're going to get on to talking about um, a new competition that Dave's running about writing scenes, causing a scene generally. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Blackadder. Um, and this will then tip over into episode 152. Um, but before we get there, let's keep it topical with topical comedy. Uh, what's going on in topical comedy, Dave? Well, a hell of a lot, actually. Um, it's been a busy time. It always is a busy time for topical comedy. But actually, uh, if you're a new writer, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good time. Um, Newsjack carries on being Newsjack. And I, I know quite a few new writers have had uh, stuff on there, which is great. And um, but also we've had um, series two of uh, The Skewer, which is um, an, an amazing new comedy show uh, from the brain, from the head of John Holmes. John, of course, great sort of uh, topical comedy writer. Uh, he's done loads of stuff. He he came up with the uh, Brian Perkins as the sort of BBC Godfather in yeah. uh, Dead Ringers. Yeah, and also and the a, Now Show. He was a staple of the Now Show for years and years. Is he still? I don't know. I've sort of slightly no. He's not doing that, but he does. He's a DJ in mm. uh, South South England, Southeast England, and mm. uh, but he does all sorts. He's always been doing loads of really original things, and and this show, it's a kind of it's a bit like I don't know if you ever heard uh, the Chris Morris radio show Jam. Mm. So it's a very sort of it's kind of a weird audio experience, but it, it's topical. And uh, he is very keen to get uh, material from uh, new writers, and um, you can find out about that if you go to the uh, the BCG Pro uh, website. I've written an article about how you can get to write for the Skewer. The series is just about finished now, but there, I'm, I'm sure there will be more series. And, mm. and uh, you know, it's a brilliant show it's, it's it's not like anything that i've, I've ever heard um, yeah. before which we're talking topical again and it comes up time and time again because it is the way so many people get started it is a way writing topical comedy might not be your favorite thing but as as i often say it is like doing your scales it is like just kind of getting the juices going and frankly if it's good enough for guy jenkin and andy hamilton well exactly um, it's it should be good enough uh, for most of us it, it's, it's i think it's especially good for people who don't ever see themselves performing especially if you don't ever really want to make anything for youtube or instagram if you're not going to make your own stuff at all then i would say this is the absolutely premier way to be getting your stuff noticed um is is through writing for topical stuff and and it looks like there's going to be more shows as well at, at the point of recording we don't know yet what's happening with uh, breaking the news which is the uh, scottish uh, tv and radio show that goes out for uh, 20 weeks a year i think minimum on radio and tv uh, and if if they're not currently looking for uh, new writers then they will be in six months or a year's time but um i've been uh, in touch with them and they they promised to get back to me but it probably won't be for a few days but yeah um i'm sure but how, how can they find so people can probably find us on facebook or they can go to your website or tweet us. 
We'll be um, we'll, we'll be announcing it all on uh, Twitter. Mm. Uh, it, it, hopefully, by the time you hear this, uh, yeah. we'll have uh, explained what's happening with breaking the news on yeah. Twitter and our, our fa- Facebook page as well. So, yeah. uh, so we'll keep you posted with all that. So it's at, at Sitcom Geeks on Twitter. I'm Sitcom Geek, and Dave is uh, Dave Cohen Comedy. Dave Cohen Comedy. That's right. Um, so, uh, so do follow us on on those offices, and you will be kept abreast of information as it happens sorry topical comedy always just makes me think of on the hour which was not which was not in the slightest bit topical really it was just no, not at all this is how news sounds or sounded and unfortunately that's just how news sounds now on five life but without the irony the main topical news story i suppose at the moment is that uh spitting image has finally returned 30 years or about 12 25 years after it uh finished lots of people uh saying inevitably i should have done a sweepstake on this because uh, i knew this would happen that uh, after the first episode uh the second episode would come out and critics would say oh it's not as good it's just not the same and uh, the puppets are really funny but the scripts are awful Uh, and this was always these were always things that were said 25 30 years ago uh, when I was uh, writing for the show back then and um, exactly the same things are being said now and people saying oh we need spitting image now we need it now more than ever uh, in these terrible times uh, to which I then have to remind people that when we had it before, uh, the, uh, the sort of key period, 1984 to 1990, um, we did a very good job of... Um, we really got rid of the Tories then, didn't we? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, boy. Oh, you yeah. really showed that no proper human being could ever vote Tory and ever sweep them to power in th- on three consecutive occasions. Honestly, yeah. and I'm, knowing all of the uh, the vast majority of people who wrote for Spitting Image uh, then, and probably the similar now, uh, you know, if if our political viewpoints had any impact at all on politics, then there would have been um, several decades of uh, of wonderful left wing utopian yes. governments. So, yes, <laughs> uh, a chicken uh, in every pot. We would be living yeah. in utopia right now. Um, but yeah, no, that's. I think. But for me, I, I always think that, boy, good luck topping the news. In a way, I, sort of the news is so absurd. I mean, since we started five years ago in 2015, I mean, the world's just kind of gone mad um, in, in every conceivable way. And so in a way, I think it's kind of hard to... I mean, in a way, it just means that the, the comedy is funny. And normally what you're doing is showing one funny story through the lens of another or you, you, you're normally in these topical shows combining two things, aren't you? You're sort of you're, you're taking, you know, you're taking uh, a TV format back in those days. It would be changing rooms or it would be it would be grand designs or whatever it is. And then taking it and then showing a new new story through that filter or through that lens. Um, which is what they're doing on horrible histories all the time, but with history rather than current events. So you know, I was just watching. Well, I was watching a Grand Designs parody the other day. Even though I don't think anybody under the age of fifteen watches Grand Designs, but you sort of feel like you have. Yeah, um, gives it a bit of shape to it. Yeah, and Master Chef as well. That's just the classic yeah. horrible histories one. Uh, how many, how many kids watch Master Chef? I wonder. But uh, didn't didn't really matter. So yeah, so it is. Um, having thought, you know, and, and and I think that is probably the one valid point. A lot of people saying, you know, how can you, how how can you be funnier than the news? And I think it is 
true that you know when I was writing topical comedy all the time um, I would write a joke that and it would be like a year later that joke would become the reality yeah. now somebody does something like Trump says something and you think I I can't write a funnier joke than that yeah <laughs> you know, he's way ahead of me yeah uh, with the satire and the kind of you know saying uh, saying the unsayable and uh, you know kind of making it because you know, that's what a lot of topical comedy is it's kind of it's saying what it's it's trying to kind of uh put forward a, a sort of a, a, a truth out of the the lies that the politicians are, are saying yeah but with trump you know yeah he uh he does it all for you really yeah um so yes it is it, it is a hard um it is it, hard but i i i what i've seen of splitting image I, i've enjoyed and i do think you know that the, the the answer is shows like the skewer you know mm. are going to be uh that that's going to be kind of the future really of topical comedy it's going to take um it's, use a kind of audio uh backdrop really yeah. uh and and um and, and music and, and everything yeah. and it's just going to be a, a sort of one step removed from just being about the news and it's, it's, it's just using the form to yeah. really sort of create the stories it, yeah. it's still it's, it's a hard-hitting show as well you know it yeah. manages to make uh good points and it's not, it's not always funny as well they've done things like uh, about the grenfell tower uh holocaust day and stuff like that and so it's it's a good uh it's a good format really and it is uh it, it's the show that i've mentioned uh, i think that john holmes was always destined to make you know it, yeah. it, it, it is totally his brain yeah. <laughs> on the radio i think uh, the other thing to think of is the fact that just listen to the skewer and listen to other shows like that and just think well i i could make something like that on my own i mean go back to the episode we did with tim Clegg and danny stack who basically just says go and produce your own stuff and I think it, it is very hard to do that. But the easiest format in which to make your own stuff is audio. I mean, hey, look, we've been doing a podcast for five years and built a bit of an audience. Obviously, we've got a, a platform and experience. Um, uh, but if you want to create your own world, your own sensibility, your own comedy take, then in a way, there's nothing to stop you. All the tools are there. Um, I mean, you could practically make it and edit it on a phone. Uh, but uh, obviously, laptops are available. But um but yeah, I think, you know, use these things as a springboard to do your own stuff too uh, and to create your own stuff and finding actors to record stuff as voiceovers. You know, they, they tend not to mind being asked to do that kind of thing or if you offer to buy them lunch or, you know, I mean, pay if you can, that would be good. But if, if you've got a team together, if you've got a few friends and you want to make something, uh, then try it and you'll learn loads doing it even if it doesn't become uh, the, next, the next big audio uh, or podcasting sensation. We had, in fact, a few of the people, in fact, some of our Patreons, I think, were involved in a show uh, about sort of five or ten years ago, maybe, not that long ago, mm. um, where they made their own show. And, you know, that was that was a time when it, when it wasn't so straightforward and, mm. and, and it was very hard to do and they still did it. Uh, I, I would imagine that now would be a, a better time. And I think, and again, think about when we spoke to Joanna Penn mm. about um, the kind of the explosion in, in you know, kind of audible as, as um, uh, for pe people, um, uh, more people are 
listening to books now I mean, yeah. than than ever before and and it's only a matter of time before audible and spotify and people start yeah. to kind of you know create maybe create their own content as yeah. well and, and yeah there's an there's an alan partridge podcast isn't there i mean there's like uh yeah. which sort of sounds like a podcast but is presumably properly produced audio but yeah. even so it's very very cheap to make obviously i'm sure it took ages to write but yeah technically it's not it's not particularly difficult uh to, to do that or, or expensive so anyway that's the topical stuff is there any more on the topicals no that's uh that's basically it we can move on to the yes. uh well tell us about the next thing which is uh your scene competition yes uh making a scene of it um competition which um i'm i'm running through um British Comedy Guide, who of course run this uh, podcast, they have the BCG Pro site, and um, I'm what I'm asking for is for people to send in a two-minute scene uh, from a sitcom that they've written, and uh, this competition opens next Monday, which is the uh, 26th of October, I think it's the Monday, and uh, I'll be running a, a, a sort of daily email if you want to sign up uh, for that. You can um, contact me. Funnyup02 at gmail.com and uh, join that list and I'll be sending out daily emails about how how do you write a two-minute uh, scene and what are the best things uh, that you can do uh, and what mistakes can you avoid and so on. Um, so the competition is well I'm, I'll be looking for the best uh, two-minute scene and um, in the new year we'll we'll talk to the uh the winners or winner mm. um and get them onto the, the show and um see yeah. what happens with that great so part of these emails and we're looking ahead to the next episode we're going to record is uh you've you've sort of taken blackadder episode ink and incapability as an example of that is that right yeah, I've got a whole. Uh, I've got three weeks of uh, emails I'll be sending out, but in the middle week we're just going to look at this one episode of Blackadder, mm. Ink and Incapability. Um, I chose that not least because it's a fantastic show, um, but also because it's uh, it's there. It's on YouTube. Anyone can watch it, um, and um, it's just really good to watch a whole episode and re- uh, and look at it in detail and work out working backwards from the genius of um, Richard Curtis and Ben Elton and creating that show but actually look at it technically and see how each scene works and work out from that how what you can do with your scenes and how to make them absolutely uh, spot on every time yeah I, I mean I thought what would be good to do before uh, listening to episode 152 which is the next week's ep- next time's episode which will be released on remember remember the 5th of November and um, that's when it'll be it'll be out and gunpowder um, treason plot and plot. episode 152 yes, exactly. yes plot so we'll talk <laughs> about plot no we won't be talking about plot um, we'll be talking about ink and incapability a bit more specifically. So maybe watch it before then. It's probably it's it's all sort of on repeat on UK Gold, probably, isn't it? And you can also see it on and it's probably on YouTube somewhere, even though it, it shouldn't be. Um, but get get hold of a copy and, and watch it. It is one of my favourite episodes. I have sort of memorised it. I think I had <laughs> I had an audio version of it as a kid. I think I audio recorded it off the TV or something. And so. I, I do kind of remember it pretty much word for word. Right. Um, so, um, and I showed it to my kids um, uh, a few weeks ago and they, they really enjoyed it too. 
Uh, but I just just thought it would be worth, before we finish, just talking about about why Blackadder is funny. So, in a way, it's it's one of my favourite sitcoms of all time. It's probably in my top three. Um, but I think, in a way, we don't talk about it very much because it feels very jokey and sketchy and hard to replicate. But actually, there are some really important things to learn from it. Because also, each series is a completely different setting, isn't it? I mean, Blackadder 1 and Blackadder 4 bear no relation to each other, really. Um, so, uh, and there was a big change. Was Blackadder a big show for you, Dave? Uh, it wasn't because, I mean, I watched the f- bits of the first series, but the main time that it was going out was the time when I was uh, performing uh, mm. four or five, six nights a week. Um, so um, the last thing I wanted to do on my night off um, would be to, to sit in front of the telly watching yeah, a comedy. Fair enough. Um, Especially you wouldn't want to watch series one. I mean, that's a pretty crushing disappointment. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people now say... I thought I watched series one of Blackadder, and actually, it's not as bad as everybody says. So I, I, I keep mm. meaning to go back to it. Yeah, I quite, I, 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 I picked up on uh, Blackadder. You know, I knew, I knew, I knew of it, and I was, I would see occasional episodes. Mm. But I mean, it's, it's, it, it would have been almost certainly, you know, a, a, a seminal show for me. If yeah, I, if I had been around yeah. to watch it, really. So anyone um, old, yeah. so people, there are people who are who would have been quoting Monty Python in the um, last night's episode of that or, 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 or something else. But for people my age, that would be... So I'm, I'm 45. I just turned 45. So what, I was in my teens when series three and four came out. And I remember watching series four at school because I was at a boarding school. Of course I was. Um, and, uh, but, I, but series three and four were on. And for a comedy obsessive... And it really lends itself to, to being memorised as well because it's so... It's so lyrical. I think that's one thing that we don't fully appreciate. One of the bits of advice, you know, I give to people who are trying to improve their script is just, can you actually say every line? Does every line have a rhythm to it? And of course, you know, the Blackadder lines, I mean, the obvious one from Blackadder Goes Forth, one of the first lines of the whole series is, uh, Baldrick, your brain is so minute that if a hungry cannibal cracked your head open, there wouldn't be enough inside to cover a small water biscuit. And that's just like, Boom, you know, it just kind of, uh, it just lands. You know what I mean? It's 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 beautiful. It's, it's the Rowan Atkinson show, isn't it? And and it's um and I remember seeing Rowan Atkinson uh, about twenty times in a row uh, in nineteen seventy nine when he was doing one of his first one man shows and he was in the same theatre uh, that we were in Edinburgh. And um, you know, then what? Seeing not the nine o'clock news and seeing Blackadder. It's just the it's. Um, Richard Curtis writing these amazing things mm. uh, and ha- then having Ben Elton on top of that yeah. plus Rowan, At- Rowan Atkinson Rowan Atkinsoning it on top of all of that. Wasn't that and, interesting and, yeah. last time listening to Andy Hamilton talking about writing for Not the Nine O'Clock News and saying that if he'd written a sketch he was really pleased with he wanted um, Griff and Mel to do it and he didn't want Rowan Atkinson to do it because something happened when Atkinson did it that made it kind of his and it kind of changed, which in a way, I guess that's just the way things are. But it feels like they they really worked out who their actor was and they wrote really well for him. Yeah. Um, it, I say 1979, so he can't have been more than in his early 20s. And uh, already he was doing this uh, incredibly successful one man show. And Richard Curtis was in it as well mm. as his sort of straight man. And really, there's no there's very little difference between the person he was uh, in that show and 
uh, Blackadder mm. or some of the people in Not Nine O'Clock. He found he found his persona. He found that mm. voice and. Richard Curtis obviously had found how to write it, yeah. and and like you say, the rhythm and some of those uh, lines in the Johnson uh, episode, they're just they're so elaborate, and yeah. you know, you you give that line to anybody else, and you yeah. just say, I, yeah. I can't say this. This is just may complete... I offer my most sincere <laughs> contrafibularities. What contrafibularities? Tis a common word down our way. <laughs> And anyway, it's just, oh, it's, it, no, it is, it is wonderful. Um, so, but I just think, so before we get onto the specifics of, um, of that episode, I just wanted to say about how Blackadder works as a character, because it's, it's so easy to think, well, he's just funny, and there's a really funny actor playing him, and it's, it's sort of horrible histories. But actually, I think the real, the real trick there was something that Paul Mayhew Archer pointed out about what's so important in certain sitcoms is hierarchies. And it struck me that Blackadder is actually, although he's mean, and in Blackadder the second, he's a lord, and in Blackadder the fourth, he's a captain. He's always got someone above him and someone below him. And the people above him are unreasonable because they're idiots. And, and they don't deserve to be above him. And he knows that. But then also the people below him who could help him are also idiots. He's surrounded by idiots. Um, and so he's kind of lonely um, as well as superior, but he's not allowed to be superior because his boss is an idiot. And he is, as you say, he, he's in the middle. Um, he's surrounded by idiots. Um, he's always a chance. He's always scheming. Um, but and he uh, often gets undone by his own sense of self-importance. Yeah, that, that that's a classic example of that in the in the Johnson episode. Yeah, um, which which we'll we'll, we'll talk about. I, I, by the way, I just I don't know if you th- have a theory about this, but I was watching it again and I was thinking Hugh Laurie is basically playing Rick Mail. Uh oh, there's something in that. He's also playing Bertie Wooster. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. As uh, Worcester to Blackadder's Jeeves, I've got that as well. But uh, but there were a couple of moments where he was sort of going <laughs> like that. Oh, okay. Uh, and and yeah. And I just thought, was was this going to be Rick? Was Rick going to play the part? But I think that was I when he know. went to roundabout when he went to Hollywood. So oh, I, okay. I don't know. Interesting thought. I'm not really. sure. We should probably dig into this. We need to talk to Mr. Curtis, don't we? Uh, yeah. We will, we will set. We will try and set that up. That's episode two hundred sorted, isn't it? Uh, we'll, tr- we'll mm. try and get there before then. So the, the lesson we can learn on Blackadder himself is if you've got a character who's a survivor, who's funny or whatever, you might want to just put them in the middle of a hierarchy rather than at the top or at the bottom. Um, but then also the other thing that writers can often run aground on is we often find um, extra characters uh, fascinating and we spend a lot of time on them because we're already bored of the main characters and we start bringing in outside characters and the the audience never care about these peripheral characters or these these day players as much as they do with the regulars. But whenever it works well, especially Seinfeld is the other example, is the people that come in and cause a scene, as it were, are really, really larger than life. And they absolutely smash onto um, smash onto the screen, like with the soup Nazi or the bubble boy or whoever in Seinfeld. And Dr. Johnson, A, he has a reputation as being the cleverest man in England, even if you've never seen Blackadder. 
So they've, they've already worked with the grain there. And B, when he kind of comes in, he gives this great big long monologue using extremely long words and is obviously very pleased with himself at the end of it. And they've also got Robbie Coltrane to play the part, which is absolutely wonderful. That's C, because this is something that someone once pointed out to me that Richard Curtis is brilliant at. He is brilliant at taking somebody who's already been very successful at something and just putting them into uh, just just putting them into his uh, shows. Mm. And uh, Coltrane as Dr. Johnson had had he'd, he'd done that, and it, it's sort of the the part he was always destined to play. Um, and mm. and I think. I think Ben Elton might have written something with him as as Johnson before, but I definitely know that that that's a, that sort of Coltrane as Doctor Johnson mm. is, is 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 a sort of genius bit of casting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so you you have and remember when we talked to John Lloyd and we were uh, they were talking about how you know that that show. Uh, series four everybody was like a big star in, yeah in, by by the time of the series four but even in this series you know rowan atkinson uh hugh laurie ben elton richard curtis yeah they're all big stars and robbie coltrane robbie coltrane was a was a was a huge star at this point so yeah you know from that's an, that's another way in which yeah they got this sort of big characters but i mean in terms of your um, in terms of the two two minute um, scenes that mm. um, I'd be interested in in seeing, um, in fact, we'll, we'll we'll talk about the the scene that I've chosen, which uh, pure, purely for length terms is is one that doesn't include Doctor Johnson, but mm. but it does have a very sort of strong uh, plot in it, and I think that's for me one of the great things about this episode, um, and it illustrates what one of the main things that I'm I'm looking for uh, in this competition is there is a big twist in every scene there's a big plot twist it's mm. like oh this has happened oh my god what are we going to do we'll do this and it, every twist is caused by the characters yeah and, and that's that's what's uh that's that's why this is such a good episode uh to look at i think yeah absolutely and i think in terms of plotting um it's such a good one because in terms of you know we like to talk about how the characters should make it worse and make it worse and make it worse this this episode reminds me of <clears throat> the series two episode uh, called Head, where he's Lord Executioner and he's meant to do executions on Monday, Wednesday and Friday. But he just executes everybody on Monday and takes the week off. And then the person who, on Wednesday or Friday gets a reprieve. And so they they've <laughs> executed him. And so they have to pretend. And so in a way, they've just sort of made it as bad for the characters as it can possibly be. And I think that's, you know, I've said this a lot on the show, but it bears repeating, I think, is that lots of people don't really push their characters into really, really difficult situations because they kind of can't. They're already worried they won't be able to figure a way out for them. Um, and so in that episode, it doesn't end particularly well, I have to say, the head episode from series two. But they do do a very good job. And it is really, really funny when he has to pretend to be him with a bag over his head. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, it produces really, really funny comedy. And the ending is not the best, but it does sort of doesn't matter by then. But actually, in, in Ink and Incapability, the ending is really good. Um, there's a really nice twist. Um, so uh, anyway, we can talk all about those all about those details in the next episode. 
So lots of stuff there to be thinking about in time for next time's episode on the 5th of November, episode 151, where we're going to talk more about a scene in Incapability, all part of Dave's competition about making a scene. There are links in the show notes, hopefully, for that. Or follow us on Twitter, Sitcom Geeks, or follow us on Facebook. Also go uh, to Dave's website. I think the links for that are in the show notes too. And also my website, sitcomgeek.blogspot.com. And uh, and yeah, also I'm uh, doing a video course which will be out next year for on general release. But you can get a sneaky access to that if you join us on Patreon. There we go. I mentioned it. If you were playing the drinking game, uh, whoever had this minute uh, is the winner. So hopefully uh, you might want to join us on there where there's a whole extra episode a month that you get where you can ask us anything. We record that. We make the video available for that as well normally. So uh, do join us on Patreon. You can also get access to the audio version of my book, Writing That Sitcom, which takes you through the process of writing a sitcom. And as a little bit of a taster to finish with, as we're a little bit short this week, here is a chapter called It's Just Not Working as a Sample. 3.2 what to do when you're stuck. You've ground to a halt. A scene isn't working. You can't write the next until this scene is done. You're worried the cracks are starting to show in your outline as well as your sanity. Now what? You might have started trying to write it too early. It may be you've convinced yourself that the stories were sound and the quests were clear and you've launched off into scene one, then scene two, and the jokes were coming thick and fast and then you bluffed your way through scene three. Scene four isn't great. Scene five is a mess. Scene six is a write-off. During scene seven, you finally admitted that it's not working. It happens. Sometimes you don't spot the flaws until you start writing. If it's any consolation, you might write a whole script, edit it and be pleased with yourself. And then you hear it read out and it's a screaming disaster with plot holes and pointless scenes. But that's not helping at the moment. The point is you're stuck. Here are a few suggestions. Number one. Go for a swim. Literally. I swim a few times a week and when I'm in the pool, I normally have a plot problem churning in my head. Sometimes I'm not even consciously thinking about it and the problem becomes unknotted after a few lengths of breaststroke. Your problem might be one of setup. If you tweak something earlier on, many of the imponderables are resolved and disappear. Maybe for you it could be running, walking, dog walking, dogging, whatever it is, do it. Number two, character problem. Legendary writer Jack Rosenthal apparently said that if you have a problem, your characters will give you the answer. It may be, however, that your character is being strangely silent or uncooperative. It may be your character is too passive or doesn't have a strong enough quest. Can you summarise their quest in a sentence or two? If they can't, they don't have a quest. You've got a lot of rethinking to do. If they're not one of the two or three main characters, try getting rid of them. Don't kill them in the show at the point where you realise their characters don't work, although that might be an option. Try removing them altogether. Richard Hurst and I wrote multiple drafts of a script in which a character wasn't really working, and our solution was to remove them entirely, which completely changed the dynamic of the show and suddenly everything else slotted into place. Number three. Plot problem. It could be that your subplot and main plot don't really help each other. They're either too similar or they don't mesh together. Try dropping your subplot and thinking of a new one that works better with your plot. Or even keep your subplot and drop your main plot. Number four. Start at the end. It may be you have a brilliant ending, or at least a perfectly decent one, and the steps getting there aren't all that great. So get to that brilliant ending as fast as you can, cut the beats that don't work and write what you have. It may take longer to get to the end than you thought, and by the time you arrive, you almost have a full script. 
Or you may have got to the ending faster and the script is only about two-thirds the length that it needs to be. That's okay. Short is better than long. Plus, you might be able to think of a complication, beef up the subplot or a running joke, or turn one of the intermediate scenes into a funny set piece. Or have a completely separate cold open, which is a scene at the start which is more like a sketch and doesn't really have any bearing on the rest of the episode. And if all this fails, number five, start filling in your tax return. That normally sparks something. If none of the above work, you might need to stop, go back to your outline and figure out what the problem is. You might even need to throw it all away and start again, although if you do that, you'll often find some of the material you have creeps back in, so your work has not been in vain. Anyway, no one said this was going to be easy. Thanks for listening. Speak to you next time. Bye-bye.